0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Join us on our journey into the past, the present, and the future, as we explore the relationship between technology and humanity. Together, we're going to find out what it means to live in a society where everything is connected, and the only constant is change knowledge is power now more than ever.
1: Arca Sean, are you uh, are you like me, always learning?
2: Always learning? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have a problem. Like even just watching or listening to things that. just for pure entertainment i always feel like i need to learn something it's it's kind of sick i think i don't know something is wrong with me
1: so the reality tv shows you don't like to learn how other people live (laughs) no i have zero zero (laughs) interest
2: in those kind of things sorry uh
1: well thankfully uh i mean we we share that desire to be uh students in life constantly learning and uh you can either Kind of go with it and, and learn as you go and, and hope things turn out all right. Or or you can take a more proactive approach and actually think about it a bit and, and read about it and listen to podcasts about it. And uh, thankfully, we know somebody who we adore and is super smart and is passionate about uh, leadership and helping others uh, become leaders in his leadership student it's not just a podcast. The podcast is coming soon, which we're going to talk about, but it's a whole series of things that uh, our, our guest, a new host on ITSB Magazine Network, MK Palmer, is uh, going to be bringing to bear. He's already doing some of it. MK, how are you? It's good to see you.
3: I'm good. Great to see you both, Sean and Marco. Uh, appreciate the uh, the accolades on the tee up uh, and looking forward <laughs> to the conversation.
2: Well, we you you know, we were very excited when you told us that you had an idea to do the podcast. And I'm like, great. I, yes. I always love the way that you, that you speak, that you motivate people, that you tell stories. So this is all about telling story and teaching and listening and learning. So welcome. Honestly, Thank you. Honestly. Thank you.
3: Thank you. I'm excited about it. And uh, as we've had discussions, I'm already um, teeing up content. Uh, as it were. So I've got some some episodes uh, already in the bag and just really enjoying the conversations I'm
1: having so far. Nice. And uh, b- before we get into that, um, I mean, you, you've been on the show before. If, if people are out and about, they've probably crossed paths with you at a conference somewhere. Um, you and I have had the opportunity to do some work together at uh, Pepperdine Graziadio School of Business. Uh, with the cyber risk program and some of the cyber programs they have there, but I'm not everybody. Not everybody knows you. So a few a few words about uh, who MK is, and maybe a, a, a look into the journey that brought you to this point, because I know you've you've been involved in a lot of things, my friend, a lot of cool things. So maybe share yeah. a few of those highlights.
3: Appreciate that. Um, so the the, the short as we call it at Google the TLDR on, on me as I'm a longtime security practitioner. I'm currently a senior leader at Google Cloud, senior cybersecurity leader. I've been at Google now almost two years. Um, came into the private sector following an extensive career in the US government, uh, 32 years in the US government where I had opportunity, obviously, uh, uh, as a United States Marine with Department of Defense, and uh, then uh, an extensive career of 22 years with the Federal Bureau of Investigation Um, 22 years as a special agent in the FBI, uh, allowed me the opportunity uh, late in my career uh, with the Bureau to transition into cybersecurity. And I I got what might be considered a world-class lesson uh, up close and personal on cybersecurity issues, the cyber threat landscape, and investigating cyber crimes uh, as a senior leader in the Bureau. uh, And then uh, got on the speaking circuit uh, so I, I do quite a bit of speaking as it relates to cybersecurity and the topic of leadership, and we're going to get to that I think here in a in a bit. And then, uh, you know, retired from government service after 32 years, and went to work for a company called Palo Alto Networks for a few years as a uh, field CISO, uh, and really uh, got my feet underneath me, got my sea legs, as it were, uh, in the in the private sector, and that uh, catapulted me into my current position at uh, at Google Cloud. So. Uh, Long-time uh, government employee, now successfully um, uh, operating in the private sector, and uh, I've been in the leadership practice and realm for the entirety of my professional career, and then some. So uh, this is a, definitely a passion
1: topic for me. Appreciate the opportunity to get on here and talk to you guys about it. Yeah, and it, it, it's obvious the the passion, and I've, I've seen you speak, and, and uh, I've seen some of your posts on LinkedIn that you've already put out. And uh, insightful, inspiring, and I don't say very welcoming. I mean, very uh, approachable in in how you put things together. And so what prompts you to, well, let's take a step back. So the podcast kind of is a result of the work you're already doing with the leadership student. Um, Maybe talk to us about the bigger picture first and then how the podcast comes into play with that.
3: So I, I I hate to do this to you guys, but I gotta take you all the way back to my my youth. Um my my back I say back to way when I was hatched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way way back when. Uh I when I was a little guy growing up in Washington, DC, my dad, um, who I consider to be a leadership student, uh certainly a student of the discipline, uh, expressed to me in very early, uh, very early in my uh, childhood about the concept of leadership. And he explained it to me in the context of football. I was a huge, you know, and and still am a huge NFL fan. And I was, uh, you know, kind of caught on caught the NFL bug pretty early in life. And I'll never forget. um, He asked me one day, I couldn't have been more than five or six years old. He asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. and I said, Hey, I'm going to be a running back in the NFL. His response to me was, uh, why be a running back when you can be the quarterback, who's the leader of the team. And that started a series of conversations he then had with me as I was growing up around what it means to lead, what it means to be the person who is driving the momentum, bringing force to an issue or problem, and then getting people uh, together to, to solve a problem. Uh, and that conversation literally stuck with me from, from that day until present. Uh, and I've gone through essentially a lifetime of being a student of this discipline, thinking about and, and of course, I've grown maturity-wise as a as a leader uh, over the years. Uh, certainly, my time in the military is a reflection of my desire um, to develop my skills as a leader. Um, probably no better place to sort of earn your earn your stripes or practice uh, the discipline of leadership than the military. But I've had some pretty unique experiences both in the uh, private sector and public sector, uh, and it it remains as a passion topic for me because it's something that because it involves people means it's challenging, right? There's no one textbook that you can read. It's an amalgamation of reading experience and your exposure to different types of leaders, your experience uh, as a leader that ultimately results in positioning you wherever you happen to be in terms of your career. And I certainly feel that way. And it gives me the idea that we're all on this continual journey uh around developing as leaders. And that's where the idea of being sort of the eternal student, or as I call it, the leadership student, uh, that's where the idea evolved from. And I just I, I got to the point in my career where I want to get back to that passion and I want to share with others um, the stories that I have and the experiences that I have. But I also want to extend that because you know I'm just uh, uh one person in this huge maze of ours. Uh, and there are so many other fantastic stories of folks who just have these great experiences and leadership. And if we can tease out uh, in these conversations uh, some of their backgrounds and give folks some nuggets, I think they can get some real good takeaways and that will help them develop ultimately.
2: Well, I think so, because as you're going through this eternal student and the joke that Sean and I made at the beginning I feel like there is a ton of books out there on leadership. Um, I had a few guests on my own show. I talked to, you know, astronauts that have been commander in space and they are amazing leaders uh, coming from the military, of course. So I always wonder, is there really like the formula for being the perfect leader or there are many different situations where, you adopt your leadership, your leadership to be the good leadership for the job.
3: Yeah. So that that the, the short answer to that is yes, right? All of the above. <laughs> um, that's a great question, and I think that it's one of the things that we grapple with on the uh, on the podcast series. Uh, I put that in the same lane as the question that I I intend to ask every guest on the show, and that is whether or not leaders are born or made. Uh, where do you come out on that, and what do you think really Are the ingredients that make an exceptional leader? And I I think that I'm not going to share all of the results, but I think that what you'll find is that most folks believe that it's a combination of things that really, it's like ingredients, some of which you can't really identify, because I believe part of it has to do with um, some aspects of what you're born with, but then those, what you're born with in terms of characteristics has to have a certain experience in order to enrich those characteristics, develop them, and then position you. You have to be in a position then to exercise, learn from those experiences, and then carry on and develop yourself as a leader. So it's a combination of all of those things. I don't think there's a single book that you can read, but certainly you can. I'm a big proponent of reading about other folks' leadership journeys uh, because even even if the entire journey doesn't resonate with me, there will be certain aspects of their story that will. So- I think um, the short answer is that leadership, c- certain aspects of leadership can be taught. I think it's important. Uh, certainly the military, I think, as a, as an entity believes that it can be taught. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a whole system where they bring in folks uh, at certain ages as officers and expect for them to lead others nearly immediately after a certain amount of training. They have the same expectations of enlisted personnel at certain levels of their uh, matriculation. So. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it, reading, exposing yourself to um, even if it's just, you know, uh, thought leadership talks, uh, speeches. And then the real thing that really helps people develop as leaders is that direct experience. If you if you haven't spent time actually being responsible for the outcomes of others, then it's hard for people to really get what the leadership challenge is about. Uh, and part of the thing that I, I was hoping to distill or uncover uh, in The newsletter on LinkedIn uh, was that I I see a lot of great quotes about leadership out there from folks who I'm not sure have actually actually done any leadership or actually been in the in the breach, as you might uh, say, leading people. And while some of those quotes are great, um, again, I want to tease out stories around people who have actually kind of been there and done that walk the walk the talk, so to speak, on the subject.
1: Yeah, and I guess to to both your points, uh, Marco's question and and your response, it's it's and Marco does this quite a bit uh, using the, the concept of ingredients, right? Just because you have ingredients doesn't mean you can make something tasty. <laughs> Absolutely,
3: And, and, and to your analogy. point,
1: and to your point, because you made something tasty doesn't mean you can make it again the same way. Um, <laughs> you may not always have access to the same the right ingredients, or you might mix up the the process or something which is another part of the process, right? Um, and so talk to me a bit about the the, the format of, of your show. Um, clearly, you have experience and, and you're bringing your own thoughts. You have guests that are bringing their own. Um, are you using resources uh, as well to kind of help round things out? And how much kind of to this um, concept of ingredients, how much of what you do in your show is presenting the story versus um, – helping the listeners hear the story and apply it to their own experience?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping um, in the context of a show to bring in great people with great experiences and through my skills as an interviewer, since I spent a career in the FBI interviewing people, uh, get to something that's super interesting. Uh, and it may start off superficial, just sort of opening the door to the conversation but believe me, inevitably in their responses, I will identify something that I think is a key piece of the marsala of leadership, this this combination of things. And those are the things that we then double click on and tease out in the context of a conversation. So it's a one-on-one interview uh, with me. There's actually very little of, um, I try as as much I can to step back on my, my personal background um, because folks can get that from my my talks and my, my leadership writings and musings and that kind of thing. I'm really interested in hearing other people's stories around leadership. Cause I, is it, I, I feel like, um, a bit of a, uh, eternal monk, uh, if you will, uh, in the leadership discipline and practice. And I just want, I want to hear selfishly for myself, uh, because I get stuff from these stories as well. And I figure if I'm learning from them, someone else who's listening has to be learning as well.
2: And uh, how how wide and, and how much variety now now I feel like I want to talk about food how much how many different ingredients yeah. and exotic food uh, you you're gonna are you bringing on meaning are you gonna talk with people from different um, vertical industries how how far are you gonna go because you can be a leader. Just teaching kids, right? You, you, you can be a leader in a lot of different
3: functions. and That's a great question. And I'm trying as best I can to identify leaders across a variety of business verticals, um, trying not to over-index on the type of leader that I am because there's an inclination to quickly identify folks who whose careers and backgrounds resonate for me, people who come from military backgrounds or careers in public service and that kind of thing. While I want to include those stories, I do want to try and get as wide a swath as I possibly can, because you hit the nail on the head. You, you can be leaders in so many different um, aspects of life, and, and that's something that I intend to tackle as well. This idea of straightforward leading isn't always the case. There's coaching, which is a different aspect of leading, uh, where you, know, you are uh, leading groups continuously in terms of, um, you know, uh, team evolution and or development and execution. There is this idea of being an advisor. Which I feel like I'm at at this point in my career, where I have, um, you know, a, a good stable of folks that I, that both I reach out to and who reach out to me, uh, for continuous advice and uh, and and conversation, really around career moves and career trajectory and 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 progression, uh, and so we evolve, I think, continuously throughout our careers in these different levels of leadership, and and I'm I'm trying to really get away from. The uh, typical hierarchical belief that, you know, just because you're put in charge of a bunch of people that that automatically makes you uh, a leader, it, it certainly puts you in a leadership position, whether or not you execute well on it is one, is another thing. But then there's other opportunities to lead to include, by the way. Uh, As one of uh, the great leadership authors wrote, including when you're not leading anyone, in other words, when you're just in charge of yourself, you know, uh, something um, uh, Maxwell called the 360 degree leader. So the Marines, I think, have have, um, evangelized this concept for a while, which is this idea of lead from wherever you stand, no matter where you happen to be in the organization, you can be a leader, whether you have uh, people working with or for you or, or not. Uh, And this idea has been amplified over time, and I'm a big believer in that. Certainly coming into the private sector where my my first role was as an individual contributor. um, I had never heard of that before. I didn't know what that was until I got assigned that role at Palo Alto Networks. And I was still able to step into the room and act um, as a leader, um, even if in the small touches with account teams, providing advice around how to approach um, a particular customer. What maybe needed to be involved in um, the engagement with the customer, that kind of thing. So there's opportunities to lead uh, in lots of different places, and it doesn't always have the title leader or um, an official designation.
2: Yeah, sometimes like, maybe you're just somebody to inspire. I mean, I think inspiring is comes together with the word leadership many times, right? Like, Absolutely. can you inspire, and and it, can you inspire just one person? Or many? Are you still a leader if you inspire just one person? In my opinion, yes. You're giving a good example, and it's not a matter of quantity but quality, right?
3: Right. Yeah. Especially if um you know in your position as a leader, you inspire one person who happens to knock knock a project out of the park, um and gets the whole team the kind of awareness and um, spotlight attention that the team deserves. I mean, it it all it takes when when you're in a, an official role as a leader, you have to be cognizant that you're influencing folks, um, no matter whether you're expecting to influence them or not. And the same should be said uh, you know, for those of us who have um, um, risen at this point in our careers to a point where we are in a position to influence folks. We may or I, I get people that reach out to me all the time who've had maybe one conversation. Uh, or heard me talk at a function and there was some nugget they got out of it and took away and then, then changed their personal trajectory. And they went off and did something great. Cause they said, you said X, Y, and Z that people are capable of jumping into the cybersecurity industry and and all they needed to do was, you know, uh, study, go get a cert, make some networking connections. I did all of that and was successful. Uh, that's a form of leadership.
1: And Speaking of the different forms, um, clearly we we have history in cybersecurity and uh, google cloud is a technology that serves many businesses um, tell me about the leadership role you're going to be talking about is it a, i know we purposely you purposely said this is not cybersecurity this is leadership across the board right but is but is it also or is it around business leadership or do you touch on other personal aspects of leadership you said leading yourself, right? May
0: may yeah. You it, I mean, it,
3: I, I, I think it, there's probably going to be a bit of an over-indexing on business leadership, uh, because I am absolutely fascinated as now a senior leader in business. I'm fascinated by, um, by, by what passes for leadership, uh, in business sometimes. And I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, direct experiences necessarily, but, Uh, I think oftentimes, and and this is one of the challenges actually, uh, which I think is an interesting question in our industry from a technology standpoint, do we conflate technology expertise with leadership nowadays? I think we do. Uh, And I would love to debate or have a conversation with anyone about that. I think what we see in the technology industry is, uh, we assume that because someone has an immense amount of technical knowledge, that that makes them a good leader. Uh, And that is, that's a fallacy. Um, Can someone with technical expertise be a good leader? Absolutely. Uh, But it doesn't mean because they do have technical expertise that they are a great leader. And you should expect uh, in those instances where we have, you know, uh, folks with deep technical expertise leading that they still need uh, some of that nurturing and some of those components of what it means to be a good leader uh, and, you know, certain companies certainly recognize that. I can tell you, you know, uh, personally uh, at Google as a senior leader, they understand that you, you come in as a senior quote unquote leader. There's an expectation that you also think about the discipline of leadership in a different way. And they make sure you go through executive level courses and get some exposure to what's called the Google Leadership School, which I think is a great thing because it, it, if you're you've got to recognize the importance and impact. Uh, that this particular discipline has. And when you don't recognize it or you don't take the time to pay attention that you're maybe putting people into roles um, that require them to think and approach team leadership in a, in a particular way, If you don't take time to nurture that, then um, you, you could set yourself up for uh, some team failures. And then you're always you know left to wonder why teams aren't executing at a very high level when you get this great technical leader in in place, and that's because maybe there's not enough of an emphasis on the discipline of leadership there.
2: I I love that. And I couldn't agree, based on my own experience, either doing sports, you say, you know, you you Mm -hmm. grow up doing sports and or, you know, music, anything really. Just because you're so good at something it doesn't automatically make you somebody that is able to teach or or lead. Like how many good... uh, player cannot be good coach
3: that, that's the per- perfect analogy right it's this idea that um, uh, just because you in baseball happen to be a, a 350 hitter or a 400 hitter doesn't mean you're going to be a great manager uh, in baseball in uh, you know basketball uh, you know some of the greatest players in history uh, have taken a run at coaching and, and failed miserably at it because they couldn't instill, in the players, the same kind of drive that they had that made them these phenomenal players Mm -hmm. leadership takes a lot of self-reflection and it takes um, humility, I think, to understand that something different is being asked of you when you're put in a leadership position. And if you don't have that ability to self-reflect, if you don't have that level of humility, uh, there can be some fantastic failures that you experience. Yeah.
1: Even if, even if there is a tremendous success (laughs) Yeah uh, to to look back on it may have come at huge expense you may have like yeah. driven the team mad in the process or uh, or burned them all out or <laughs> or d- destroyed the car in, in the F1 race right but you right. won, no. won that one but you no longer have a car you have to spend another gazillion dollars and, to build another one and 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 let's
3: be clear um leadership's one of those disciplines that quite frankly you learn an immense amount from failure you learn more from your failures than you do the successes. The difference is, are you able to then take the learnings from that failure and then turn it around so that you don't experience them uh, with any kind of repeatability in the future?
2: One more question for me. Uh, do you think that the style of leadership has changed in the, in the latest year? Um, when I think about leadership years ago, I would think more about authority you know, kind of like right. that, that now yeah. when I think about a good leader, I think about empathy.
3: You nailed it. You cut right to the chase there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have not always been um, someone who's cognizant about the subject of empathy or, or the fact that that needs to be a, a characteristic of leaders. I will tell you that, you know, the hierarchical leadership type background that I came from, empathy wasn't a big um, area of focus. I have come to believe in my own evolution that empathy may, among the characteristics, it's it's an MVP. It's, it's pretty high um, and close to the top. And yes, I believe leadership has definitely changed uh, in the way that it's practiced over time. And there's lots of different reasons for that. But I certainly believe that the most effective leaders today are ones who can show that they understand that. The people that they're leading and the teams that they're leading have lives, business and things outside of the realm of their day-to-day work. And if you're not taking those things into account uh, in your practice of leadership to account for allowing folks to show up as their whole selves, um, you're not getting the kind of high performance that you may be capable of getting uh, out of people. And When folks recognize that you have an interest in their personal outcomes, they actually perform better for you. Um, and a lot of people still miss the boat on that.
1: Yeah. I can look back to, uh, an executive that I worked with, uh, was very charismatic and created a belief amongst the, the organization. So they, they believed in him. They believed in what he was, uh, guiding them toward. And that belief system really kind of pulled everybody along with him. And it was, uh, it was pretty incredible to watch. Um, I believe MK you're going to have some really cool conversations. <laughs> so tell us, tell us, uh, I know, I know you have some already, already in the works. Um, and then you have a, a special broadcast alley, uh, panel that you've pulled together, uh, at RSA conference. Can uh, you tease us a little bit about, uh, what's coming up?
3: So, uh, yeah, I've got a couple episodes in the bag already and what I'm finding is that, um, I've had already a variety of that direct leader um, conversation. So you know, folks that kind of come up in the, in, in the system, very similar to the one that I came up in and have some very codified beliefs and, and an approach to leadership that for this person has been absolutely effective. Uh, and actually, I, I, you get a lot of energy out of hearing them talk about how they approach it. And they're able to kind of rattle off their the principles that guide their leadership all the way to folks who are professional coaches in this realm. I had a fantastic conversation um, uh, that will come out with uh, a leadership coach. I don't think that you know maybe a decade ago that this idea of leadership coaching really had caught steam. Folks constantly believe: is this is this a racket? Is it real that you can actually be a coach to someone and really help them evolve and then teach their leadership? I believe you can. I have a great conversation with a leadership coach who's got uh, some extensive experience uh, in the industry in that regard, and I think that that kind of variety, um, again, across a variety of business verticals is what folks can expect to hear, uh, in these conversations. And they're, they're, you know, I get lost in the conversations already. I think time-wise we're hitting like 40 and 45 minutes per combo. And I think I had originally thought it might be a little shorter than that. Uh, but I get lost in the combos because they're, they're good conversations and I hope that folks will listen, uh, you know, turn them on when they're, uh, commuting, uh, outside of their remote work and home offices. And, uh, you know, at some point in time during the day, uh, just to get those nuggets out of them. So the conversations have been good and I'm excited about all the ones to come.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, when you, when you have the passion for it, like you do, um, and I can, I can tell you from my own show when, when I'm really into it, I forget about what's going on. I'm just, I'm just thinking about what am I interested? What, how, what questions am I having? What am I thinking about, Thank you guests or guests for, uh, for getting me to think. Um, and speaking of thinking, uh, the RSA conference is coming up. The, the, uh, the theme is better together and you have a group of people you've brought together uh, to do a show from the floor in the broadcast alley. It's called identified and developing and nurturing diverse leaders in cybersecurity. And uh, I know you're part of a, of a group, cybersity, and I think you have a few few folks joining you from that. And and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about that session. What do you, what do you expect to do?
3: So Cyversity, uh, it's a nonprofit that's been around since 2014. Um, I, I recently was asked to take on a position as the vice president of the organization, which means I'll be matriculating as the president at the end of the year and taking on a three-year term. Uh, I'm fascinated by this topic of um, the lack of diversity in the cybersecurity industry. And I'm fascinated because Um, An industry desperately needs people um, because the pipeline shortage, if you look at any one particular consensus figure, somewhere around 750,000 open positions here in the United States annually. We are more than a decade behind filling this gap of people. uh, And there is a, a demographic of people out there, women, people of color, veterans, others who could help us shorten that gap. Uh, and all they need is a little bit of outreach. Sometimes they need a helping hand. Sometimes they need access to training materials and things that might position them well, uh, to just break into the industry. Uh, and all these folks are willing to do the work. They just need exposure to the opportunity and that's what diversity is about. And so, uh, I've asked the current chairman of the board, Julian Waits, the current president, Larry Whiteside Jr., uh, two names that are likely familiar, certainly to the security uh, folks listening to this podcast, um, and then Sharon Burgess, who's the current uh, vice chairman of the board. And Sharon's uh, currently sitting CISO for a, a large global organization. Uh, it really just, these folks are, are heavyweights uh, in the field. They're all executive leaders for diversity, And so I'm going to take a step back as the vice president of the organization, a member of the board, and just interview them about uh, why this is a passion topic for them as well and what their experience has been developing leaders, uh, you know, people of color and women uh, in our industry. And I think it'll be uh, a, a very unique conversation. Uh, this is another one of those things where I think I'll probably get lost in the conversation because their answers will inevitably push me into different lanes, different areas of questioning. And because they have such deep experience, I think the
1: conversation is gonna be phenomenal. So I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I mean, Marco and I have the of the honor to be there with you watching these be recorded. So I'm excited to actually witness it in person. And uh, for those listening to this, you can too. Uh, so it's Moscone West. And uh, let me get the time right. So it's Wednesday, the 26th at 10 local time, Pacific time. And uh, come by, see the see the crew, hear the conversation. Of course, we'll publish it uh on YouTube and and our podcast players as well. But if you want to meet some leaders, (laughs) stop by the broadcast alley that day. it will be a great conversation. Yeah. Stop by and say hello. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Great guest. I happen to know two out of three. So I'm sure the 30 is fantastic as well. And uh, yes, as Shauna reminded all that content will come on ITSB magazine will be in podcast format it will be on video and uh, very soon your show will be available as well and uh, i usually ask this question which is like who you envision the audience to be but i'm gonna you know i'm gonna answer for you i, I think the answer is everybody because Absolutely. either you right did i nail that okay good you nailed it oh. <laughs> I mean, either you want to judge who is your leader. Is it doing the right thing? That could be an idea. Maybe you'll get inspired to be like, hey, I could be a leader too. And so either you're young, you're older, you're a more mature role in the industry, any industry really, or even if, again, even if you're coaching a a team of kids playing soccer or football or whatever it is, I'm looking forward to listen to this. So again... Sean, we uh, we got lucky again to have another amazing host join the ITSP Magazine uh, podcast Nightcore family. And uh, we're really looking forward to this. And when we publish this, we'll probably be either you already published your first episode or very close to it. And uh, again, I'm excited. I invite everybody to participate, comment, because that's important to two way communication. All right. I think it's part of leadership as well, but I don't want to keep talking about it. Uh, subscribe but uh, you to, know, uh, Subscribe
1: to yeah. MK's uh, newsletter on LinkedIn for this, uh, for leadership student. Um, very good to catch all the stuff that he puts out, including the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate
3: the support, guys. I'm looking forward to uh, formally stepping into my role as part of the ITSP Magazine uh, family of, of podcasters and just looking forward to the experience.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, MK. Okay.
0: Thank
3: you. Thanks for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and the story made you think, then share ITSP Magazine with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our columns.